Thank you, choir. I'm trying to debate now the reason why I'm up here again. It was 20 years plus. I don't want to take this out for my wife's watch. My wife, my watch on the shop. If you know me, I'm going to talk until I'm finished. But 20 years ago, plus that, when I spoke at the youth service, and it's been what, about three, four weeks. I know if I'm back with popular demand, or I'm back because you want to see me in a coat. Now, let me educate you right now. I got two coats. You saw one last, about three, four weeks ago? This the second one. Now, if you see me again, it's going to be one of the two. So, don't expect to see a different coat when you see me next time. I can assure you on that. But I'm no preacher like you know, but I can talk, for those of you that know me. Tonight, I want you to look at a particular Bible character, which you've probably heard about, but you never probably took any thought of what that particular Bible character meant. And you might not know, but the Bible character is even mentioned in the New Testament. But Tommy, I understand what you said about my big mouth. I mean, that, that counts with me. But I didn't know anything the last service I spoke at. They hooked up the wrong mic. And I said, I need a mic anyway. But Jeffrey says, Eddie, when I was through, it's no problem. Says the mic is laying down the floor. We pick it up plain as day. So you have no worries about if you lose the mic tonight. I can take care of it. If you have your Bibles, open to Genesis chapter 12. I read a story sometime back. About a football player, and I've been looking for the past week to find out this football player's name, and maybe Albert or somebody could tell me. I think it's back in the late 40s, early 50s. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, listen at it, and we're doing the same thing that this football player is doing. They threw a pass to the football player. He caught it. And he broke up Brenda with the ball. The old grandstand stood up and yelled. Both sides. One side yelling, No, don't go that way. No, don't go that way. The gentleman down there knew what I'm talking about. I can see him well lifted right now. But that guy caught the ball. And he ran in the wrong direction. And they said he never got over in his life. Tonight we're going to look at Lot. And Lot, to me, he's a winner and he's a loser. Every one of you out there tonight, I know the majority of you, you are winning in the game of life. You got what you want materially. You got good jobs. You got your house. Some of you got to pay for. Some don't. You're paying on your mortgage. Some of you buying a piece of land. Put a house on. You got kids. Good kids. Healthy kids. You're winning. As far as the world is looking at life. 
You got everything going your way. But deep down inside, you're a loser. Look at Genesis 12, and don't close your Bibles like I tell you last week. Keep them open. Okay? Genesis 12, verses 10 to 13. Let's read that to start with. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the Garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Sor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other, that is, from Abraham. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plains, and pitched his tents, even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. You see, we come to life, and we have to make a choice. The choice is yours. You do what you want to do. Lot was put in a predicament that was Abraham's nephew. Father died years earlier. Abraham was taken care of him. Lot was very prosperous. He had so much cattle, sheep, camel, what have you. The land couldn't take care of Abraham's herds and Lot's herds. Prosperous, doing very well. They had to come to a decision. These servants were starting to argue. Abraham came and says, Lot, now let me tell you what we'll do. If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. See, Abraham gave Lot the opportunity to make the choice. Lot made the choice. Lot chose the best. Look at verse 10. What do you see there in verse 10? He was dealing with cattle. He had to, number one, worry about water. Okay? The plains of Jordan there was well watered everywhere. Very fertile. Normal decision for Lot to make. Like the garden of the Lord, like the garden of Eden. In verse 10. Like... Egypt. Now, let's go back a couple of years earlier with Lot. Lot had spent some time in Egypt with his uncle Abraham. Now, why did Lot mention this? I don't know. But I think Lot never forgot about Egypt. You see, Lot's eyes were back there. And what does Egypt represent? Sin in the Bible. Bondage for the children of Israel. Lot never really gave that up in his heart. Lot chose the best. Look at verse 11. Lot chose for himself. Nobody else concerned. You see, when we go to take a job, and one of our professors got to be changing jobs, you got kids. I think a lot of times, when we make a decision, we should make that decision with our kids involved. How is that job going to affect my kids? How am I going to have enough time to spend with my kids? Your kids don't want the money. 
They want you. Lot chose for himself all the plains of Jordan. Everything was his. Lot separated himself from Abraham. And I believe there in verse 11 when Lot separated himself from Abraham. I don't even know. Lot probably saw Abraham once more, which you're going to find later on, when Abraham had to go and get him out of a scrape. But I don't think Lot had anything else to do with Abraham. You know why? Abraham took a stand for God. Lot took a stand for Egypt in sin. He didn't only choose the best and choose for himself, but he chose for position. Every one of us out here tonight, someone had to come by to us and said, look, I'll give you a few more bucks in a good position. That's all we're interested in. We don't think about our wives, but we think about our family. You see, the Bible is so true, darn damn time. This is what, 5,000 years ago? Lots doing the same thing what we do. It's no different. Lot chose for position. Look at verse 12. I think it is. Yeah, part of verse 12. Where did Lot go? He headed for the city. Big Lot. I'll tell you a joke. I just read a read now of the this past week of Sindal talking about the big light into the city light. City light. This hillbilly couple had never been in the big city. And they had a sixteen year old boy. And their sixteen year old son they knew that eventually he was gonna leave the hills and come down and go into the city. So they saved the money over a period of time and they were going to go into the city. Cut the old car pack, headed to the city. They pulled up into a big hotel. The father and son got out, left the mother in the car. And when they came in, they just couldn't believe it. They saw this big chandelier, two stories high. I mean, you know, they've never been in the city before. But just, you know, they just couldn't understand it. They looked over the rail and they saw a skating rink with people skating down there. But at the same time, they saw this door opened. Well, they heard this click. They turned around. The door opened. And they see these lights, you know, flickering on and off. They looked around again and they saw these people getting on this, going press these lights, they get on these doors and they get on. Doors closed and people vanished. They don't know what was going on. They looked around again. And, I mean, you know, in the people's dress and everything, they just couldn't understand it. So this nice, sexy chick, sorry, no, this nice looking old lady, when I pressed the button, she got on. They looked again. They heard another click. When they turned around, they saw this nice, sexy chick, complete figure, nice blonde and everything else, perfect build. The father says, son, go get your mom. 
You see, when we head for the city life, how is it going to affect our family? Perfect example. That's where Lot was headed. Logical. You can sell his cattle, make some good bucks. Be very good. Maturely. He headed to Egypt again. Sin. Okay? Sodom and Gomorrah. They said it was wicked. You know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, when the Bible says that somebody's wicked, they don't talk about anybody inside this church. Like I told somebody years ago, I heard a guy, now these two, two sinners talking now. And they said, when this guy starts cussing and using the Lord's name and angels and everything else, he says, man, I get scared. Now this guy's lost too. He says, I'm scared the Lord's going to strike him down. Now you can say, consider that being wicked. They said, Lot headed for the sea. Where do you see Lot again? Look at verse, um, chapter 19, verse 1. Lot now is sitting at the gate. Okay? Back then, a man of prominence would always sit at the gate. He had a position in the city. He went into the city. Everything's going fine for him. No problems. You see, Lot did what we would do. Lot chose the best, he chose for himself, and he chose for position. Flip over to chapter 19. You see, God gives us a choice. God doesn't normally interfere with our choice. Whatever choice we make, that's us. Like my mother told me, she said, son, if you get married, you make your bed soft, you lay in it. If you make it hard, you lay in it. Now, that's your decision, what you want to do. God gives us a choice. But the results are God's. God gives us plenty of rope, and he gives us plenty of time. But the results are God's. Chapter 19. Well, look at 1412 first while you're going over. Lot got involved with Sodom and Gomorrah. They had an invasion. They took um, Lot. They caught us cattle. What cities against what cities, you know? Big time war going on. They captured Lot, took him off. One of the slaves got free, went told Abraham. You look at 1412. Went told Abraham, says Abraham, your nephew Lot is being captured. Now, Abraham had 318 men. Abraham took his 318 men and went and captured Lot. You see, Lot chose the best, but he lost all materially. You see, material things aren't worth anything to us. He didn't take God's warning. I think that was a warning to Lot there. Lot, get out of the wicked place. Take your family with you. 
Go. Vacate. But you see, we look at our worldly possessions, our cars, our boats, our homes, our clothes, our money. But are they worth more than our family? <coughs> Years ago, I know a guy, this guy had so much money, he said, I should never spend my money. His son had a brain tumor. Money couldn't do one thing for him. He died. But you see, we've got to take stock in our lives and to see really what is worth it with our families. Lot lost all materially. Go to chapter um, 19 now. And you know, this next one, it hurts my heart. He lost all influence on his family. 19, 5 and verse 14. And I see so many kids this day and time. The parents don't have no influence at all on them. You know, you know, tell me sometimes that I should write a book. Because if I were to write a book, I could blackmail a lot of you parents out there. Because you'll be surprised to know what those kids come up and tell you and I. You'll be shocked to death. But it's between me and God. But parents, let me tell you something. What had everything going his way? But he lost all influence on his family. Look at 19.5. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. You see, God had appeared to Abraham. God had told Abraham that I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He started with 50. He ended with 10. And I honestly believe Lot had 10 family members there in Sodom and Gomorrah. From what I see in the scripture. And God says, no, if we could find 10, fam- or 10 members that are saved, I will not destroy the city. No influence at all. What environments you bring your kids up in? Now, if you got teenagers, it's kind of late to start. Those of you with young married couples and raising a family, pay attention. What TV programs are they watching? You know, I send my kids out to sleep out to different friends. I could send my kids to non-Christians. They would watch better programs there than with Christian fans. When they go to Christian homes, they watch extra and everything. I say, you watch this. He says, no, daddy. He says, I had to turn my head. But a non-Christian, they don't allow the kids to watch it. Why do we as, as Christians? What influence? What environment? Are you bringing kids up in? What examples are you setting for them? You see, kids this day and time are tired and sick of parents. Do this, do that, do that. Ah, they don't want to do a certain thing. They're not going to do it. 
You set the example and they will follow. This deal, when you were a kid and you did what your parents said you were going to do, those days are finished. You might find the odd kid. You know, that will obey mommy and daddy. But brother, it's soon going to end. How about the friends? Who do they hang around with? You know, I'm a crazy man. You all know that by now. Eunice and I, perfect couple. <laughs> you know, I say, we're the only parents I know that if that's our girls inviting girls up to stay with them, they want to invite teenage guys. And we have teenage guys spend the weekend with us. You know why? Because those guys know what I stand for, they know where to draw the line, and they don't back talk me nothing because they lose the teeth. And I might have to pay to the parents to get it fixed. But the parents know that. What type of friends are you kids hanging around with? You've got to train them young. Get them in the babies. Train them. When they get teenagers, it's too late. The only one can change them then is God. Church, that's a problem. Parents come and talk to Eunice. They don't come talk to me because they know me. I'll tell them. Eunice, can you try get my kids to come out of the youth group? And Eunice come and tell me I don't come to Eunice's face in a lot. You know what I tell you? <laughs> you know what I tell that parent? Tell that parent come to church because kids come to church. You see, we stay home from church. What are we telling our kids? It isn't important. It's nonchalant. That's all the excuse they want. Look, it's boring. Maybe some of you out there tonight are bored. I don't know. You think those teenagers that hang around with me don't get bored? I feel sorry for them sometimes. But I get bored of talking. (laughs) But, parents, you're going to have to take a stand. Let your kids know where you stand with the Lord. Your kids are looking for it. They want it. If you don't believe me, you get the Canadian edition of the Reader's Digest that just came out. I just got it, and they got six things there that kids are looking for. I'll advise your parents to go and find it, go read it. Show them the example of church. No influence on his kids at all. Look at verse 14. 19. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, Get up! Get out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city. But his sons-in-law thought that Lot was cracking a joke. Some of your Bibles might have that Lot was mocking. That's the influence that Lot had. That's the influence of some of your parents out in your kids. And it comes to religion. And you really can't do it. The only one can do it is Jesus Christ. That's the only one. You see? Maybe some of your parents better start on the right foot tonight and go home and ask your kids for forgiveness. Tell them you failed. There's nothing wrong with that. I have to tell my kids all the time if I made a mistake, I failed. I'm not too big to tell my kids I failed, I did the wrong thing. When I get too big for that, I'm too big to have children. Because I'm not perfect. 
What type of influence you have on your kids? Lot didn't have any in his. Not at all. Lot lost his home and his family. Verse 14, his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Daughter stayed there. Look at verse 16. And while he lingered, lingered, the man took hold of his hands, his wife's hands, and the hands of his two daughters. Lord be merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Lot still didn't want to leave. He wanted to hang on. You're going to have to make up your mind tonight. What do you want to do with your kids? What are you hanging on to? Material things, they're not going to last. You see? They pulled him out. Verse 26. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. She's mentioned in the New Testament by Jesus and Luke. Don't forget Lot's wife. Lot and his two daughters got out. They went to Sora first. Lot didn't want to go into Sora. He ended up in the mountains living in the cave. Now let me tell you, the training that Lot had trained his two, his two daughters. And this is why I come to the conclusion that I don't think Lot had any communication with Abraham. These two, these two daughters came to the conclusion and says, Look, if we want to continue on our father's seed and our father's family, we're going to have to have kids. They could have gone back to Abraham. They could have found some way to marry. You know what they said? Let's get daddy drunk. So does one did. Went in that night. Father had sexual intercourse with his daughter. Drunk, stoned, did not think what happened. Next night, younger daughter did the same thing. Didn't know what happened. Both daughters were with child by the father. You see, what was a sipping saint? Now, I might rub some toes, but that doesn't bother me. You ought to know that by now. Lot drank in moderation. But he didn't have any testimony with his kids. Now, you take your stand. Where do you stand in issues like that? You know, I have serious problems with people that go out and commit adultery fornication. Because I have three girls. I go right around in units. What am I going to tell Heidi, Stacey, and Wendy? It's okay for Dad to do it, but you can't go out and have one case? Come on! We live in the 20th century! What you sow, you reap. And somebody told me, if you don't sow nothing, you're going to reap weed, or you're going to reap sin. You see, Lot made the choices. But the results were God's. Let me tell you. 
The only thing that you can take to heaven, now you can send things on ahead of time through the church, okay? Through offers. The only thing that you can take to heaven is your family. Nothing else. Now, what are you working for? To give your kids all they need materially? <coughs> or are you working to get your kids to heaven? That's what's going to count. Your family is the only thing that you can take to heaven. Nothing else. I was reading again a Sindel's book this week. And this preacher left town and he suitcase got off. He was preaching. Oh, I had to go to preach. Didn't have a suit to put on. Now, you know, I could do a lot better, I think, if I wasn't wearing this. And this, you know, I could really get into it, but I can't, and I'm going to be, you know, really, you know, you know, you know, respectful. But this guy preaching lots of suits. Like all preachers that have money, too much of it that is. And they try to get the best, get the best bargain in town. So this preacher went into this thrift store, like a Salvation Army store, saw some beautiful suits. Twenty-five bucks a suit. Says, give me three. The guy that takes care of the store says, now let me warn you. These suits we had just got back from a mortuary, the undertakers, they couldn't use them for some strange reason. I don't want you to get any ideas, you know, about these suits. These suits were made particularly for stiffs. And that is, people that are dead. Okay? The guy's preacher says, no problem at all. So that's fine. I don't mind it. $25 suit, man, I can't go wrong. Got the suits, went home, pockets are lined like that, flaps are like that, but the only thing is, they don't have any pockets to put anything in, these still sewed up. You know, so, you know, and the guy realized, the preacher realized, says, what does stiffs need pockets for? They don't take anything with them. And he said the guy was pushing his hands all day like this, you know, trying to get things in his pocket. It's just normal. And he said he finally had to take his keys. He had to sort of pin his keys in his belt somehow. Let it hang on like that. Which is a perfect example of us. We should probably maybe wear a stiff suit like that, you know, for a week. And leave some of these, you know, things that we got behind. The family is the only thing that you can take with you. Where is your testimony with your kids? Kids, where is your testimony with your parents? You see, God laid down some basic rules. You get out, or we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. God says the same thing. 
you accept me as your personal savior or you're going to hell see the basic rules are still there it hasn't changed any the choice is still there but the results are God's what's going to be your results where's your kids headed what's your kids doing tonight Are you mad enough to go and have a man-to-man talk with your boy or girl? A woman-to-woman talk with your boy or girl? Because look, I failed. They want you to do that. They want you. And see, and they realize too that you're human. What mean that isn't perfect? What's your choice? What's going to be the results? Kids up in that balcony, the choice is yours too. What's going to be the results? With your life.